All people who come across this call have an obligation to support and to pledge allegiance. And that's what I'm calling for. And I'm here to take people's allegiance to Imam al-Mahdi For whoever doesn't know the Imam of the time will die the death of ignorance. I come forward as his voice and his only representative and authority. And I come with his authority and I call towards God. Good to have you here, my brothers. So today what we want to do is we want to try to give a thorough explanation of our call and, uh, you know, in order that people may know what it is that we are about, what it is that we're claiming and what our beliefs are. Uh, we are the Ansar of Imam al-Mahdi, the supporters uh, of Imam Mahdi. Ansar is an Arabic word. It means to give help, to give support to, to give victory to. Um, and we are his supporters. And our worldview is that the... Torah and the Gospels and the Quran and every other divine book that has ever come down with a prophet or a messenger from the time of Adam all the way till now is trying to call towards the rulership of God on earth. Uh, in the very beginning, Adam uh, was created by God and God blew into Adam uh, from his spirit. And, and that's why the Quran says uh, that God said to the angels, if I fashion him and then blow in him of my spirit and then fall down to him in prostration. So uh, God, he says in the Quran, uh, verily I'm making a successor in the land. His successor was Adam. He blows his spirit into Adam. The God that created all of creation. He is a God in the heavens, but he's also a God on earth. He is um, up there, but he's down here as well. He's everywhere. He's everlasting. He never dies, nor does he break into parts. So, so our Lord is one. And we believe that the form of worship that God intended us uh, to worship him by and to know him by is only through a man. Uh, and what I mean by that is not the worship of a man, uh, but rather obedience of that man. And knowing that man who is a container for the spirit of God becomes knowing the spirit of God. And we believe that God's spirit that exists in the earth uh, at all times, that he has many names because he as a spirit is everlasting. He never dies. But the, the veils, the names which he hides behind um, or is veiled behind, these names are temporary names. They're not the absolute God, nor are they to be worshipped. So he uses them for a time being and then that spirit moves on to the next and the next and the next. And that's why we have the uh, many narrations uh, from the Ahl Bayt, 
that speak about how when one imam would be on his deathbed, uh, he would pass along this spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God to the next imam. And some, some narrations uh, even describe a, a bird-like spirit or creature that would come out of the mouth of the imam who's passing away and would enter into um, the imam who's after that. And obviously the Torah and the Gospels are filled with uh, incidents and the Jewish narrations are filled with incidents of this spirit that transfers from one individual to another individual. Uh, we also believe that uh, Satan, Lucifer, who objected uh, to God's choice on the earth when God wanted to appoint Adam, Iblis couldn't handle it. He refused uh, to prostrate and to accept the rulership, the appointment of God. He wanted to, he saw himself better fit to rule, to lead. And he even says in, in some narrations that if you chose anybody or anything as a veil besides Adam, then I would fall down and prostrate to him. So he was, he was, he was willing even to prostrate to something else, but just not Adam. So he doesn't like God's choice. He wants his own choice, whatever it is that he sees fit. And we believe that this ultimately becomes the beginning of this division uh, between creation with there being two parties, a party of God and a party of the devil. And a party of God and a party of, of the devil, Hezbollah and Hezbollah Shaitan, the party of God, the party of the devil, these two are mentioned in the, in the Quran and in the narrations. There's a party that wants God's choice and that recognizes God's spirit from behind his veil. And there's another party who's rejecting, who's objecting, who's fighting towards that, and who's working to establish the supremacy of man on, on earth. A party that wants to establish the supremacy of God, wants to give victory to the caliph or the vicegerent of God. A party that wants to give victory to the vicegerent of the devil. We also know that um, the devil is very explicitly mentioned as being the ruler of this realm, of this earth, and that all of the people, <coughs> excuse me, all of the people that are in power, whether they be kings or prime ministers or presidents or, or sultans or uh, ayatollahs, anybody who's in a position of power, on the planet Earth, um, the Bible says, not us, the Bible says, and the, and the Torah says that these people are appointed by the devil unless they are appointed by God. Uh, all of them draw their authority from the devil. And the devil has the ability to pick and choose who he appoints. And that's why in the temptation of Jesus Christ, we see that the devil is explicitly telling Jesus, all you have to do is to fall down and prostrate to me. All you have to do is worship me and I will make you king of the entire world. So he is placing himself in the position of 
God. So we have these two gods, a true God, the God of all things, the God that appoints Adam and whose spirit is dwelling on the earth eternally. And we have the God of the material physical realm, the God who asked God to give him respite until the day of the rise, the God who tempted the prophets and the messengers, including Jesus, and who insists that whoever is placed into power prostrate to him first. And that is the devil, Satan, Lanatulale. We also believe that obedience to the successor of God, uh, the one who's appointed, obedience to Adam is obedience to God. Obedience to any of the prophets and the messengers, obedience to Jesus, obedience to Moses, obedience to Muhammad, anybody who's truly appointed by God, Obedience to them is the same as the obedience of God. In fact, their coming and their going is the coming and going of God. And that's why we have narrations which state that uh, the meaning of the verses in the Quran which state that God is coming in the clouds or that God is sitting on the throne, that these are all allegories or what's meant by it is the spirit of God that exists uh, within his caliph. And so the meaning of coming in the clouds would become Muhammad sallallahu or would become Jesus or would become the Qa'im. And so the, the, the vicegerents of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala become the very throne of God, his seat, his way of ruling the earth. When they are ruling, then the throne of God is established on the earth. And when they're pushed out of the picture, then um, they are removed out of the picture. Um, you know, and it's the devil that is ruling um, in their place. We believe that this struggle has been ongoing for a very long time. Uh, every every time somebody is sent to the earth from the vicegerents of God, the intention of sending them is for them to rule and for the people to obey them. And that's why we have verses in the Quran, a verse in particular that says, and we have not sent forward a messenger except that they should be obeyed. And so that is the obligation that we have towards the spirit of God, that we must obey him and we must take him as our king. When we take them as, as a king, the, the vice chairman of God, then we're taking God as our king, God in the Torah. He's very upset and he tells and equates his rule with the rule of the vicegerent. And so when the Israelites objected to God's choice um, with Samuel, God tells Samuel that the Israelites did not object to Samuel and reject Samuel, but rather they rejected him. And so he equates Samuel's rule and the acceptance of Samuel with the rule of himself and the acceptance of himself. So it becomes a very dangerous um, ordeal um, whereby the believer who is to go to heaven has to be the one who recognizes the spirit and pledges allegiance to him. And the Pledge of Allegiance is what it's a pledge that you will spend your life, uh, give 
your money, give your time, your effort, uh, give your body, give your soul, give your family's soul, give your children, all as a ransom for the establishment of that divine just state, that state whereby God rules in it. And that's why the Quran says that God has bought from the believers their own selves, etc., in exchange that they may um, have paradise. And whoever doesn't do that, whoever doesn't know the Imam of their time and have a pledge of allegiance in their neck to the Imam of the time, has died the death of ignorance. And there are many hadiths in all sects of Islam that indicate the same thing, where the Prophet Muhammad the Imams from the Al-Bayt, that every nation, every people have a warner, an Imam, a divine guide, that that spirit of the Lord is residing within. If you cannot find the spirit of the Lord, then you will die uh, the death of ignorance because he is the source of life and he is the way and that's why Jesus Christ in his time he said that and every other prophet and messenger it was a stipulation that you believe in them you know in order that they that you may have eternal life uh, those who were with Moses, they took Moses as their prophet, but they also took him as their ruler and as their king. The same time, the same thing uh, in the time of Jesus Christ, those who were with Jesus took Jesus as their commander, as their king, as their guide, as their savior. The same thing in the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and so this satanic doctrine of the separation of church and state, um, the, the fact that the prophet or the messenger um, was meant to rule and it's something in the past and we don't need to worry about it and we only and 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 the attempt to make religion about anything else this is one of the great deceptions of the devil that he manages to pull um, the sheet over the eyes of most people once the people once the messenger has passed away it is his method of attacking the very religion and so he turns Judaism from being one one about the celebration of that spirit that is in their midst, right? And the obedience to that spirit, to being a religion that is more about, um, you know, upholding certain laws or abiding by certain rituals. And the same thing in Christianity. Um, the devil, after the, 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 the leaving of or the ascension of Jesus Christ, uh, peace be upon him. They sought to make the religion more about this idea of like, okay, 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 just accepting him as the savior and reject all other um, vice chants that come after him. Don't pay attention to them. It's all about this one and that's it. And you're going to have eternal life. But the thing is, you're not, because even if Jesus is crucified on the cross, even if he ascends towards the heavens, the spirit that had come down upon Jesus never leaves the earth, for it is the spirit of God, and it remains here to rule on earth forever and ever and ever. And it is that spirit that we seek to um, you know, that we seek to find and pledge allegiance to and obey. Um, the spirit 
the Holy Spirit cannot have descended upon all of the different Christians and that be the meaning of the Comforter or the existence of the Holy Spirit on earth or else they wouldn't have all been, um, you know, indifference uh, with one another. And it is impossible also that in all loving, all wise God um, leave humanity to kill each other and fight against one another and not send them an imam, a guide in every time and age in order that they may be guided out of the darknesses into the light. We cannot be expected as human beings to be able to decipher what is the truth um, being born into a world without a guide and having to go through all of the argumentations that exist between the different scholars that have lived thousands of years ago. Uh, it's too muddy. It's too, it's too, it's too confusing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers salvation for all levels of intellect. And he does so by his spirit calling out in every day and age. We believe that um, after the coming of the Prophet Muhammad just as with Jesus and just as with Moses, just as with the Christians and just as with the Jews, Satan sought to destroy Islam by making the religion not about following the successors who were divinely appointed. And that's why the Prophet Muhammad who comes on the side of the supremacy of God, he wanted to ensure that people knew where the Holy Spirit was going to reside after him. And so he, uh, on his deathbed, wrote a will, which the people attempted to prevent him from writing. But he wrote uh, he dictated it to Imam Ali salam, in the presence of some of the closest companions of the Prophet. He writes down this will, and in the will, he mentions a list of successors, a list of names that would come after him. And the Prophet Muhammad alayhi, through doing so, was naming the different vessels. He was identifying for the Muslim nation. He was telling them, if you hold this, you will never go astray. And that they would never go astray because he had mentioned the names of the imams of the time that would come after him. He mentioned to him the names whereby the Holy Spirit would reside after him from his time all the way until the time of the Mahdi, the time of the Qa'an. Um, the Muslim nation uh, was misguided by Satan and for the most part uh, he sought to destroy Islam uh, by twisting its teachings and making it to be more about the pillars of Islam or the abiding, abiding of uh, certain jurisprudence uh, or laws. He allows the, the, the Satan, the devil, uh, after the death of every single prophet or messenger, he injects the religion with this doctrine that it is okay for the people to elect or appoint a ruler that was not appointed by God, even though God in the Quran says, I am the one who's making a successor in the land. They do the exact opposite and they themselves appoint somebody else. And so he does so um, just like what's happened in Christianity and Judaism, these false rabbis or the false popes uh, 
uh, ascend to the, the, the seat of power. And then after a while, even they become irrelevant and all Christian nations and uh, Jewish nations participate in democracy and elections and electing their own kings and their own rulers who are not uh, appointed by God, even though many of the, uh, many of the nations before were destroyed on account of, of this sin. The same thing happens with Islam and the Muslim nation pledges allegiance, uh, with the devil being the first one to pledge allegiance to Abu Bakr after, uh, the death of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi and after him, Umar ibn Khattab is appointed by Abu Bakr. And they don't give the right to the Prophet to appoint his successor, but they give the right to Abu Bakr to appoint Umar as his successor. And after that, Umar makes his own committee of, of individuals whom he gives the right to elect the leader um, who is after him. And they appoint Uthman, and Uthman gives power um, to his family, uh, the Bani Umayyah, whom succeeds. Um, after Ali ibn Abi Talib is, is, is thrust to the uh, seat of power for uh, four years. And then he's basically fought. And in the end, he's murdered in a gruesome way um, by the hypocrites. And every single individual um, who's appointed after him is murdered and beheaded and poisoned and imprisoned and kept. And the spirit of God was oppressed afterwards. So the Bani Umayyah, uh, this is the people that are uh, members of the cursed tree. Uh, they are uh, the successors of the devil in the land. They are Satan's choice for rulers. And it continues with the Bani al-Abbas and then the Ottoman Empire. And then uh, devils uh, were appointed by the devil himself, even today, as heads of all of the nations. All of the, the leaders that are in charge of the so-called Muslim nations today are not Muslims at all. They are demons and they are animals and they are mess in human form and they are enemies of Allah and his messenger. They are those whom are seeking to lead mankind to hellfire forever. And in the midst of all of that, with the fulfillment of the signs and the hadiths of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the tongue of his Prophet Muhammad and uh, the Imams from the Ahl Bayt Salam, we believed that his promise with sending forward the 12th Imam, Imam Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Askari, Imam al-Mahdi salam, was fulfilled in 2015. And this took place after a man was sent forward by Imam al-Mahdi, who, so Imam al-Mahdi, first he appears to and meets a man named Ahmad al-Hassan al-Yamani. The Yamani is a character that was prophesized in the narrations. The Ahl Bayt told the people that before the Mahdi, there is an Egyptian and a Yamani. 
And the Ahl al-Bayt said that the Yamani has a banner of guidance. Whoever goes against him is from the people of hellfire. You have to obey then the Yamani. There's nobody who's sent forward whom it's made an obligation to obey them or else you're from the people of hellfire except for an imam, except for somebody whom is infallible or else the command itself wouldn't make sense. And so Ahmed al-Hassan, he comes forward, he's raising the banner that says Al-Bay'alillah, allegiance is to God. He's calling towards the one thing that nobody else on the planet is calling towards, and that is allegiance is to God. He's claiming that his name is mentioned in the will of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Ahmad, uh, in the very end of it, when it says after the 12 Imams, it says, and then it's passed on to the 12th Imam, Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Askari And then it says that when death approaches him, he should pass it on to the Mahdi's. And then it's mentioned by name, Abdullah, Ahmad, and Al-Mahdi as the first three names of the first three Mahdi's. Ahmad, Ahmad al-Hassan, claims is talking about him and so he comes forward to the people with a letter of appointment from the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says this is me and he uses as further proof and further evidence the narrations from the Ahl Bayt that state that nobody claims this matter and is not it except that God will cut off their life nobody claims this matter except for the companion of the matter and we know that for for 1400 years from the time of the Prophet Muhammad until this very day today, nobody except for Ahmad al-Hassan claimed to be Ahmad in the will of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And he is the only person also in 1400 years whom is to come and fulfill the narration that says that the Mahdi will raise a banner that's written in it, Al-Bayah Lillah, or Allegiance is to God. And he's the only one also in this day and age that is calling towards the supremacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He came forward and he also answered questions and displayed knowledge and displayed miracles and displayed, um, you know, and, and told people to, called the people to debate him, which they didn't. And nobody could beat him or debate him. And his, his followers testified to the fact that they asked God about him and they were given dreams and visions and istikharas that told them that he is the truth. So this man, the Amani, fulfills the prophecy, he comes forward, he calls the people towards the supremacy of God, and uh, he plays a role that's very similar to the role of John the Baptist, who's calling forward uh, towards Jesus, um, you know, and towards the supremacy of God and towards the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth before the emergence of Jesus Christ. Ahmed al-Hassan, he does the same thing. He's informed by Muhammad ibn al-Hassan al-Askari of, of who he is, and he is sent forward. We believe that the Prophet Muhammad is the, his reincar he reincarnates as the 12th Imam, Muhammad ibn al-Hassan al-Askari The coming of Imam al-Mahdi is the coming of the Prophet Muhammad.
And we believe that the first of the Mahdi's, Ahmed al-Hassan, is he's not only just the Amani, but he's also the coming of Imam al-Hussein salam. And the reason why we believe this is because the narrations state that the one who buries the 12th Imam and the one who places the 12th Imam in the grave and prays over him is Al-Hussein. And Al-Hussein is the first of those who return in the Raja, in the period of the return. And we made a in de- an in-depth episode about this concept of the return and how the dead, they all emerge and come back and reincarnate into this earth in the end times. And so Al-Hussein uh, comes back, his, this soul comes back, this soul that ransomed himself for the supremacy of God and for the establishment of a divine just day. He returns in the form and under the name of Ahmed al-Hassan al-Yamani. Um, and so... He comes forward and he preaches to the people and he calls to the people and he warns the people until the day of the fulfillment of the grand prophecy that gives the precise time and the precise hour that the 12th Imam makes a public appearance to the true believers on the earth and sends them forward. And that is the hour also of the appearance of the Qa'an. And that is on January 23rd, 2015. The Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the narration, Hijaz will be ruled by a man whose name is the name of an animal. If you approach him, if you see him from afar, you think that in his eyes that they're cross-eyed. But if you come to him up close, you don't see anything in it. He's succeeded by a brother whose name is Abdullah. Woe to my Shia from him. And he repeats it thrice. Give me glad tidings of his death, and I will give you glad tidings of the appearance of the Hujjah. And in another narration, it says, Give me glad tidings of his death, and I will give you glad tidings of the appearance of the Qa'an. And this narration was held on to by the Shia, and they spoke about it, and they preached it, and they wrote about it, and they discussed it for many, many, many years. And they all saw that this narration matched exactly what was taking place on the ground. They said, all of them said, that the man whose name is the name of an animal who rules Al-Hijaz is King Fahd. Because Fahd means leopard. And he indeed also is cross-eyed. If you're looking at him from afar, you'll see that he's cross-eyed. When you come up close, there's nothing. And he also was succeeded by his brother, whose name is Abdullah. And woe to my Shia from him was also fulfilled in Abdullah. 
because he was pushing this Wahhabi agenda, and he had a very he was he had he had a lot of animosity towards Shia Islam. And so, on the day of the death of King Abdullah, I came forward with the call of the Black Banners of the East, with the call of the Ahmadi religion of peace and light, with the call of the supremacy of God. And I became the only person on the ground who has raised the black flag that's written in it. The supremacy is to, is to God. The only man in the flesh that is calling towards and has called towards the exact same thing that every prophet and messenger has called towards from the time of Adam until now. I came and I displayed the knowledge of Muhammad and the family of Muhammad knowledge that's thick and full proof and that nobody has a response to. And I came with a letter of appointment from Rasulullah in which my name is clearly written in it, Abdullah. I came forward claiming by command of my father, Ahmed al-Hassan, the Yamani, to be the fulfillment and the coming of the Qa'im of the family of Muhammad. Just as Jesus identified himself plainly to the people in the Gospels, and just as Muhammad came forward and said, I am Rasulullah, the Messenger of God. And just as the Imams identified themselves clearly, and just as Moses came forward and said that I am a messenger from I am that I am, I come forward as a messenger from he, from Huwa, a messenger from Imam al-Mahdi, a messenger from Muhammad and the family of Muhammad to call people towards the truth. I come forward proclaiming myself to be Abdullah, the sacrifice of God, the one whom Imam al-Hussein raised in Karbala to a high station, the one whose blood was sprinkled on the hot sands of Iraq and given as an offering in exchange for the establishment of a divine just state. My blood and the blood of my family, Muhammad and the family of Muhammad. I come forward as the coming of Joseph, Joseph of the family of Muhammad, Prophet Yusuf, whom returns in this day and age as the second Mahdi, who is enforced by his disciples in this day and age, the best brothers that any man could ever wish for, and the best disciples that anybody has ever had, 12 in number. Previously, Joseph was given brothers that sought to kill him and throw him down a well or sell him for some cheap coins. But in this day and age, he was given, in exchange for that, his true brothers. They were replaced. Eleven planets and the sun he was given. Imran, Prophet Zechariah, Prophet Solomon, Prophet David, Prophet Jonah, Prophet Jacob, Prophet Joshua, Prophet John, Prophet Elijah, Prophet Lot, Prophet Isaac, and Prophet Elias. Together, I raised, we raised, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and called forward 
and they're made Adan in the people. And that was the mission that was given to us by my grandfather, the Prophet Muhammad And the mission was to continue to spread this call over the entire earth until there comes towards me the return of every single prophet and messenger and saint and martyr, male and female, that have ever walked on the earth. And whoever prayed to God to return in this day and age, the age of the coming of Christ and the coming of the Mahdi Our goal and our mission is to dethrone Satan and to correct the corrupt interpretation that he is given for religion and to take back the word of God and to establish the throne of God, ultimately establishing in this day and age a divine just state and to lead humanity into a return to the Garden of Eden. All people who come across this call and hear the proofs and the call which I am making have an obligation to support this call with everything that they have and to pledge allegiance. And that's what I'm calling for. And I'm here to take people's allegiance to Imam al-Mahdi and to call them to pledge allegiance to Imam al-Mahdi For whoever doesn't know the Imam of the time will die the death of ignorance. I come forward as his voice and his only representative and authority. And I come with his authority. And I call towards God. All those who obey me would have obeyed God and all those who reject me reject God. All those who obey me and listen to me have obeyed and listened to Muhammad and Jesus, and Moses, and all the prophets and messengers. And whoever mocks me and rejects me does not mock me or reject me, but they mock the one who wrote my name in his will on his deathbed. And those who call me a liar are actually calling him a liar. They call Rasulullah, and they call Ali a liar. And they belie Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who made it obligatory in his book that somebody writes a will on their deathbed. And they belie Jesus and Moses and the prophets and the messengers who spoke about my coming and the establishment of a divine just state at my hand. Those who listen and obey are saved and those who reject are cursed. Because there's only two sides here. Our side, and that is the side of all those who declare themselves innocent from all the false tyrants and all the false leaders, and they only take as, as a king over them God and those who God appoints. And then there's the other side, those who follow the false leaders whom were appointed by Satan on the earth. I gave up my life a long time ago for this call. I sold my properties and I dedicated my money and my children, my family, and everything that I own, my life, to calling people back towards the supremacy of God. And my disciples did as well. And everybody who has joined me since have done as well. And Imam al-Mahdi 
and Imam Ahmed Hassan says that nobody deserves to join us except those who are willing to do as well. The fulfillment of this obligation is the fulfillment of the covenant that was taken upon all of the souls in the, in the Adam world, in the world before this world, in which they were, were told by God and made a promise to God that they would give victory to his vicegerent, to his servant, Abdullah, in this day and age and to help him establish God's kingdom on earth and a divine just state and help him gather the lost sheep of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel whom are scattered amongst the nations, to gather the returned of the prophets and the messengers and the vicegerents in an epic battle which will take place between the forces of Satan and the forces of God. An ideological, theological battle with the propagation of our thought and our belief, and which will eventually spill over into another type of battle if the devil so wills to take it there.